KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Just about every aspect of everyday life has been changed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And in many cases, that includes going to the doctor. Instead of heading to a doctor's office, sitting in the waiting room, finally getting called back, now more and more doctors are utilizing telemedicine, where a visit comes together over video or maybe a phone call. It's a tool that's been in the toolbox for a while, but wasn't widely used. But of course, now with everybody sheltering in place, it has come to the forefront. We wanted to find out uh, just how successful the idea of telemedicine has been. So we talked with Dr. Arev Tup. He's the medical director of the cancer program at Inspira Medical Center, Mullica Hill. We talked to him about his experiences with telemedicine and whether he thinks it's here to stay. Give a listen. So let's start just kind of describe the concept of telehealth. Well, the concept of telehealth is to use electronic device, whether it's a telephone or a telephone with augmented uh, video capabilities to communicate with our patients without having to be physically in the same location, either for the purpose of safety, to keep patients out of an environment where they could be more likely to contract certain illnesses or for access. So let's say there's a patient who normally resides close but is on vacation or they're on a trip and they're unable to return from that trip or they have a question while they're on that trip pertaining to their health, they're able to access their doctor or their advanced care practitioner to have those conversations, have them documented in their medical record and be able to receive treatment if appropriate from their clinician. Let's go back in time, January, February, before the pandemic grabbed hold in this country. How prevalent was telehealth? How much were you using it? How much were colleagues using it? Uh, Was it something everyone was kind of looking to maybe introduce more? Was it kind of something that was on the shelf and people weren't paying that much attention to it. Kind of give us context. Yeah, I mean, I think before uh, we were introduced very rapidly to the need to ramp up telehealth, there was certainly a niche uh, service line. You would find these uh, different companies that would provide primary care or advice, or in the setting of mental health, you could reach out to, say, a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. But for the large Part, it wasn't utilized at so-called mainstream or large academic centers all that much. I'm sure you would find some people using it, but for the majority of cases, you know, we build waiting rooms for patients to come. We build buildings for patients to come. We build nicer uh, uh, common areas for patients and their families to be able to feel more comfortable while they wait to see a doctor. But for the most part, we weren't using telemedicine that much. Now, I will say that uh, I've had on multiple occasions prior to this pandemic had the opportunity to use this technology to help bring in family members that weren't able to come along. So say uh, somebody's brother or sister or even their parents live in another state rather than flying in uh, or driving up for the appointment, they could be 
either called and so you'd have a teleconference on the phone call, or you could use any number of popular video conference calling by video on people's personal devices. But it wasn't a, a structured setup. It was kind of like an ad hoc, like, oh, by the way, can I call my mom and have her come on the line? But, you know, I think that was very helpful. And I, I've always encouraged people to bring family members, a second set of ears, so to speak, but also have been available to answer questions from family members that may have them and they may not be able to get the answer straight from the patient after the visit. So I feel like bringing it in to include them was something that we were doing on a, I would say a routine basis. Not every phone call, not every uh, appointment had it, uh, but certainly uh, on a regular basis, once or twice per week. Now we're seeing obviously a complete reversal where it's once or twice a week, I'll see a real patient in the office And since we are limiting access, we're also doing that, including the family through telehealth. But certainly over the past couple of months, we've been doing as much telehealth as possible. Uh, In my discipline, you know, I have kind of two hats. I'm uh, a blood doctor. So a lot of that stuff can be done over the telephone and through a telehealth visit for people with a malignancy or cancer. It's a little bit more nuanced. And um, so there are times where they need to be examined. And so those people we bring in. What has been the response from patients that have done it? Do you feel like that they feel like it's been almost as good as the office visit? Are you getting any? Are you getting a lot of feedback from patients? Yeah, for the most part, everybody's very happy with the experience. I think that the only frustration is, you know, the first time you try to connect sometimes with a platform, it doesn't always work 100%. And so just like our interview started today with me fumbling with the mute button and and then the volume button. Um, Once you get used to it, the next appointment is easier and then the next one's easier again. At the beginning, you know, we were trying to find the best platform. Obviously, we want something that's going to maintain somebody's security. We heard early on about some popular platforms that were not as secure. And so I think that there was some concern on some people's part and some doctors, frankly, that you know, are we using the best device? Are we using the best system platform to keep our patients' information safe? And also to have a good quality discussion because, you know, part of being face-to-face is you can hear each other better. There are nuances from people's facial expressions, where they're looking, at what they're doing with their hands that is lost on a telephone call. So if you can incorporate the video component, I think it helps in that regard. And I find that patients that do the video call also appreciate that they're being seen in the environment that they would normally be seen in. So, you know, one concern could be, well, am I going to get the same care? Am I going to get the same quality of care because we're doing this on the phone or even through video? Maybe you're, you know, distracted as the practitioner. Maybe you're dealing with more than one thing at one time. How do I know I'm getting your undivided attention? One of the ways to do that is to have a camera, be able to talk face-to-face without a mask, you know, since we're obviously at a distance, but also in in an environment that's uh, familiar to the patient. So right now I'm in my office, but typically when I'll do these telehealth visits, I'll be in an exam room sitting on the stool that I usually sit on with the background that I usually have so that those patients that are familiar with that environment will feel in a way that it's not that much different although clearly there's a very significant difference. What are some drawbacks, if any, now that you've kind of been through this for a couple of months? Are there just 
aspects of a visit that the even telehealth even video can't provide have, have there been any any drawbacks in your opinion the only drawback really is is a technological one you know when when somebody is looking forward to connecting on their device and there's a problem technologically it, it tends i think to frustrate you know, I try to move past it and just kind of go past the technological component. You know, for me, I mean, one of the reasons I went into the field that I'm in is I like to have very strong interpersonal relationships with my patients. I feel that being in close proximity helps to develop a trust and develop a a working language that's not a spoken language, but a, a, a trust really with, with the patient so that they know that you're leaning down the right path. And I find that that's a little bit harder to develop over the telephone or over the telehealth visit, although many of our patients are already established patients, and so we're continuing on something that we've already previously built. So it's not really a negative. That would be, I mean, I'm really looking for something to say it's not perfect. There are aspects of the physical exam, obviously the, the, the actual part where you touch people, you listen to parts of their body, as opposed to just a visual examination. That So the visual examination you can do, but the, the touching parts you can't, obviously. That part, I think, is a important. I mean, we've basically been brought up with a, the idea that, you know, vital signs are vital, and you can't really obtain vital signs at a distance with rare exceptions when people have portable devices that can relay that information, which in spirit has a uh, the ability to deploy to certain patients. But I do like to listen to people's lungs and their heart because you can kind of glean changes that somebody might not feel yet. So that part is missing. But for the most part, it's well-received by patients. And I think most practitioners are getting used to managing this new schedule. How far do you think we are from an app, a program, something that you'll be able to see the person, they put their thumb or something, and you can get blood pressure, pulse, you know, I mean, I know there are certain things you have to do in person, but to, to augment this, do you think one of the offshoots of this situation we're going in is you could see development into those ways where you could get remote vitals to a point from, from patients and as a complement to a telehealth visit? Yeah, so at Inspirit, we already have that capability. Um, we can send out Bluetooth-enabled uh, pulse oximeters, Bluetooth-enabled scales, Bluetooth-enabled blood pressure cuffs, Bluetooth-enabled glucose monitoring. That's already a capability. It's not widely used. It's used, again, in more uh, specialized cases of patients that have chronic disorders in whom daily weight monitoring or daily blood pressure monitoring is important. But I certainly see that that could be something that could be rolled out more widely, especially now, but even going into the future. I think that um, with every piece of technology, you got to make sure that they all speak and talk the same language. And so that's something that we're working together with various companies, but also internally to make sure that that doesn't become a barrier to usage. Ultimately, though, I think that returning patients access into the clinic is going to be important. And so I think it'll complement what we do, but I don't think it will replace it completely. I think for some patients it will work, but for, I would say, the majority of patients, that interpersonal, that in-person visit will be important to resume when we can. And that was kind of going to be my final question. I mean, it's obvious this is here to stay, but the role of, of telehealth, do you think 
this is going to be a significant part of pretty much every practice kind of going forward now has, you know, what do they say? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention that this moment we've gone has kind of shown people things that they can do and technologies that are there. And do you think this will kind of change things forever going forward? Yeah, I do. I think that um, at Inspira, uh, I was reading a statistic about this between from March to April, we've had a 50% increase in primary care virtual visits. And even in the urgent care scenario, people are using that as their first line. If they're just not sure if they should drive in and sit in the waiting room to be evaluated, they're contacting these providers. And I think the benefit here is that when you make that contact in the context of a telehealth visit, it gets documented. And so it's not the pick up the phone call and the doctor answers the question and then it doesn't get translated into the chart. And so when they're seen the next time, that previous conversation is no longer found. It's a, it's a formal visit where a person says they have a, a problem that we so-called chief complaint. And then you go over a review of systems to kind of hit all the marks and make sure that you obtain as much information as you can about their present illness, the so-called history of present illness. And then there's a decision-making part of it where you document what you think you're going to do and what you think is going on. And I think that previously this was not done very frequently. So people would take phone calls and say, yes, no, hang up. And then that, that information was not collected. So the, the real value here is that the information is collected. It could be reviewed at a later date. It's in the chart. Other practitioners can review it. And I think that really enhances the care that patients are going to receive. So I do think it has a role. Obviously, it has a kind of a forced role right now. But going forward, it will remain a vital piece of what we do. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.